All right, Micah, chapter 2. have to admit when I, I started doing those little devotions on Facebook in the mornings and did that because some people in the church asked if I would do that I thought, oh, and I've actually grown to enjoy those and uh, it's uh, it, and and the reason being and, and the reason I bring this up is um, I challenge you to do the same thing I read my devotions totally differently now. I, I read them, but you, you read it to, you, you really want to draw something from it because you want to share that that morning. I, I, don't, I don't try to, I don't prepare something the night before. I don't do any of that. I just, what I read that morning, I ask God to give me, give me the thoughts that he wants for me that day and give me out of that scripture what, what, uh, what I need to share, and it has helped my devotional life immensely, and so I would challenge you guys to do that. Just write down some notes and things that God's given you that day. You will find many times that uh, he'll even give you a kind of a theme for that day, uh, and, you know, just one day this week, I, I don't remember which day it was now, um, Monday. It was Monday. Lord just really impressed. I mean, before I even got out of bed, I was laying there in bed praying and just really impressed on me. You need to be praying today. And, you know, he didn't come out of the sky or anything. It was just, you guys understand. And um, and I challenge you to do this, too, because I, I know not all of you are on there, so that's fine. I, I'm not pushing that. But uh, one of the things that impressed me about prayer was, uh, months ago, probably years ago, Nelson started, he would pray for me, and, and he'd always told me, he said, brother, I pray for you, and he started sending me a text of his prayer. I sent you one, you probably read that and thought, what in the world is the preacher doing? He lost his mind, you know, but I, I started doing that, and um, he just, what he prays, he texts out and sends it to me, and that's been, I just really have enjoyed that, and it's been a huge blessing, and try it sometime, you know, just as you're praying for someone, send that text, uh, send the prayer to them, and uh, just let them read that, and uh, it, it's it's made a big impact on my life, and so I challenge you to do that too, and, and how, oh, how we need to pray for one another, and uh, you know, we, we need to pray. We need to pray for Dusty, and we need to pray for Jordan. Uh, those are our guys in our church family that are law enforcement. We need to pray for Todd uh, in in law enforcement for their safety. And uh, I I saw uh, Chief Boss today um, tired. He. Um, he did finally get a week off, but he hadn't had a day off in like seven weeks, so um, just going all the time, and, and uh, 
those guys are good guys, and they love the community, and uh, the, all three of those guys love the Lord, and those, the rest of the guys, you need to pray for them, pray for their safety. You know, they're in a just tough, tough spot, too, so, but anyway, just pray for each other, help each other, encourage each other, and I know God will bless that. So, Micah chapter 2, we need to hurry up here, sorry. I'm a little bit behind tonight, but you know what? The, the, the prayer time is tonight. This is That's the main emphasis on Wednesday night is prayer. We need to spend that time sharing the requests and praying for those and keep those requests and continue to pray for them. So, But tonight we continue looking at Micah. And uh, Micah, in chapters 1 and 2, we see the... Uh, sin is exposed, and, and we're, we're still looking at uh, uh, he exposing the sin of uh, Judah and Israel. And, and so in this, we saw in uh, the prediction of judgment and, and the introduction that he gave to us in that, the judgment on the people. And the judgment on the people uh, go, goes all the way through chapter 2. And... Uh, <clears throat> so that's what we've been looking at so far. We got to, we got into chapter two and and uh, verses one through three. We saw God bringing up the grievances that He had against the people, and verses one through three were uh, uh, the grievances He had was their wicked minds that uh, uh, was uh, causing them to do all kinds of crazy things. They were uh, devising iniquity, working evil. Uh, practicing evil, they were coveting fields, taking them by violence in their houses. They were taking them away. They, they were oppressing men for their, uh, for their houses and and their land and their belongings and their possessions. And and so then uh, he said in verse three, therefore thus saith the Lord, behold, against this family, this clan, this group, the the nation. Do I devise an evil from which ye shall not remove your necks, neither shall ye go haughtily, for this time is evil. And Joyce, that kind of goes along with the question you asked me about in Isaiah about God creating evil. And uh, I believe that, that here he devises an evil, an injury, a distress, a misery uh, as a chastening tool and as a judgment. And so uh, it, it's kind of a... Uh, a tool that God is using and and displaying His wrath, and so uh, in in this we would see it as that evil as a as a judgment, uh, more so instead of just thinking that He creates evil, uh, the the evil are those things that are bringing them back to. So it's a, a chastening, is more so of what it's talking about. So then we get into verses four, five, and six, and. Here in, in uh, uh, verses 4, 5, and 6, we, we uh, uh, see uh, God announcing some more things about that day that's going to come in the uh, uh, judgment day. And so we see his response here in verses 4, 5, and 6. And so he tells us in verse 4, in that day. Now, I was, I was given thought to this, in, in, in what day? Well, it's the day that... God is going to judge them. This is the day that, that uh, he's talked about that uh, warning them and telling them you need to repent, you need to turn, you need to, to look back to God and they chose not to do so and so God says okay then 
there's going to come a judgment upon your sin. I've, I've given you plenty of time, ample time to get things right with me, and you choose not to do that, and so now you're going to see the judgment of God upon your life. And, and Isaiah was another one that was prophesying during much of this time, and, and, and I read some of this on Sunday, but didn't spend a whole lot of time here, but go back to Isaiah chapter 66, and here we see some of that description that, that God is, is going to do. Now, I'm not going to read the verses that I read Sunday because Sunday morning I was reading the verses where he was promising the remnant, the believers, those that that were being obedient. He, he promised them. He said, look, I'm going to take care of you. You're, you're going to be like uh, uh, coddled up to your mom and you're going to be sitting on her knee, being bounced on her knee. And, and you're going to have happiness and joy and, and, and I'm going to take care of you. But there are those that are that are going to... Uh, not see that and he starting starts in verse one thus saith the lord the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest for all those things hath my hand made and all those things have been saith the lord but to this man will i look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word he that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man he that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offereth an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he uh, blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear, but they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. Then you go on over in verse 15, and he says, For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many." Then verse 24, he ends the book of Isaiah by stating, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. And, and so here, when, when Micah is talking about this too, and I mean, think about, you think about these prophets that were preaching at the time, and, and they were telling them to repent. There, there wasn't much politically correctness going on here, was there? I mean, he was, they were just flat laying it out. Hey, this is what's going to happen. Do you realize? I mean, Isaiah comes out. Do you realize that, that if you don't get your heart right, that, that God is going to destroy you? And, that, and, and ultimately, he's saying there in, in that last verse, you are going to die and go to hell the place where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. And you need to get your heart right and you need to do what, what God is telling you to do. And, and, and it's the same way in, in our country today. It's, uh, our country needs to do that. But even more so, we need to make sure that we are walking obediently to God. I mean, I have, I, I have people call me. I have people text me and message me and come to the office and 
you know, and, and Pastor, you need to pray for me because these things are going on, and, and, and yeah, I, I will, and I will pray for you, but really you need to do more than just ask for someone to pray for you. If, if your life is a mess, then you need to stop what you're doing and change it. It's called repentance, and, and, and if you've never trusted Christ, you need to trust Christ, and then you need to walk in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God, and that, that's what stemmed this a couple weeks ago to write this little booklet to you just to, hey, here it is. You, you've, whatever your problem is, if you have a bad marriage or you got a, a kid that's giving you problems or your finances are a mess or I, I don't know, what, whatever it is, you're just angry all the time. Well, the answer is right here. It's in the book, and, and it's an obedience to it that's going to help you. Now, it won't come overnight, but God will bring it to light and, and, and help you with that. And, and otherwise, there is going to come a day in all of our lives where God is going to say, that's enough, and chastening is going to come. And if you don't listen to the chastening, chastening is going to get harder. And, and then if you still don't listen, and then who, who knows how bad it can get. And so I'm not here to scare anyone because... God truly is love, but God also in his love is holy and righteous. And, and there comes a point where God is not going to let you misrepresent him. And we all need to understand that. That's, that's the individual application that, that we see. And so he says, in that day shall one take up a parable against you. And, and a parable is a proverbial saying, you know. And that proverbial saying more or less is in don't be doing what they did because it's going to get bad because this is what they did and this is what happened. And then it goes on and, and against you and, and lament with a doleful lamentation. And so they're going to mourn about what's happened to you and, and they're going to say, we be utterly spoiled, we're, we're, we're ruined, we're destroyed. He has changed the portion of my people. The portion is the land. You see, they're, they're losing everything, and he says, How hath he removed it from me? Turning away, he hath divided our fields. They lost their land. They lost their identity. They, uh, ultimately, they, they lost their families. They lost their lives. They lost everything. Everything that meant anything to them, they lost, and all because they just chose to be disobedient to God. But then verse 5, it says, Therefore shall, therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast the cord by lot in the congregation of the Lord. You can go back to Joshua, and, and we won't tonight, but Joshua, when he started dividing up the land, that's what they used to divide up the land. They used a cord, and the cord would measure the properties. And, and so they were able to use that to measure out the properties, who got what. And, and, and think of the exciting time that must have been. I mean, could you imagine? Uh, I mean, you go in and 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 uh, remember Caleb goes in and and uh, he told Joshua. He said, "Hey, Joshua, you remember when when you and I were out there spying and we came back and and we told Moses all about the promised land and 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 Moses and through God Moses promised that I get that mountain. I want the mountain. Remember that? And they gave." And they gave Caleb that mountain. He was 80-some years old when he took that mountain and had to whip up on the guys that were still living there and took it and, and enjoyed it. And, and uh, you imagine, you know, if we're, we're over here, I don't know, somewhere out in the, up in the mountains somewhere, and you're just looking along, and, and 
God has promised all that to you and say, hey, I want that over there where the lake's at. I can see myself fishing there and enjoy that. And, and, the, and the enjoyment that they had to go in and they, and they had their land back that God had given them to Abraham years ago and, and they were enjoying the prosperity of that. And, the, and the, I don't know if anybody's seen the picture of some of the grapevines that are in Israel and these huge uh, vines with just loaded down with grapes and, and, and they had all of this and they were enjoying that and they had the blessings of God and Joshua had come in and, and they had defeated 31 kings in just a matter of a few years and, and they were given the land and they had all this to enjoy and, and, and they could have just continued to be in that bliss and, and to following God and letting him be their Lord and walking with them but instead they they start looking at the neighbors and they start bringing in the unbelievers and they and, and they start making friends with those that God said don't let them influence you and and don't be marrying them because then you're going to cause all kinds of problems in your family and 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 they did all of these things and then pretty soon in all these things that God had given them they they're actually they're they're wanting more and more of something that the world has and then pretty soon God is completely out of their minds and brings them to this point well I, I do believe that our country is much that way I think we were running pell-mell 90s 90 miles an hour and and we went by the driveway here doing 112 and and then you found out that that's a little too fast because now you can't get stopped and you're on a freight train wreck and God then comes in and says you know what I'm just going to slow you down and just took the tires off of it said now what are you going to do and he did that to give us a wake-up call not only as a country to hey you need to slow down and you need to put me back where it needs to be as a nation and and let me be God and let me be the Lord and and follow him and and then not only did he do it as a nation but he did it to us as individuals and and said you guys need to wake up and you need to quit chasing all these gods that the world is trying to tell you to chase and you need to get back and come back and be the family unit that God wants you to be and and to be the church that God wants you to be and quit chasing all these dreams and Quit chasing all this junk that the world thinks is success and get back to what God says is success. And I, I just see it. He's done it in my life. He's helped me in, 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 in seeing more of the ministry. I, I think that even in, in all the mess that, that has taken place, I think God has allowed me to minister more in, in the last 11 or 12 weeks now than I have in years and, and, and has allowed me to, to be able to, to, to do something that I realize now I should have been doing all along and what is important and, and honestly you know what we're finding out it's not all of the ministries that we do and I think they're good but, but it's refocusing on why we're doing what we're doing and it's all about God and it's all about the, the relationship and it's all about the fellowship with him and it's all about learning who he is and learning about his word and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and control us and protect us and, and just showed us all kinds of important things that we hadn't seen before. And, and so now he says that they, they lost it all. They lost their land. And then what did they say? Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them. 
that they shall not take shame. And so now we see that they had told him, they said, we don't want to hear you. We don't want to hear what you have to say. We, 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 if you're not going to tell us good things, then we don't want to know what it is. And, and, uh, and, and I just think it's important we look at these things and realize the importance of listening to what God has to say and what God's Word has to say. In Isaiah 30 and verse 10, here he says, and actually Isaiah 30 verses 8, 9, and 10, now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. That's pretty brave, isn't it? You turn back just a few pages from Micah and and you go to Amos, and, and uh, you look in Amos in, in a couple of places here, but in Amos chapter 2 and verses 11 and 12, it says, and I, raised up, and I raised up of your sons for prophets and of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But ye gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. You go on further over to chapter 7, and and you look at, start in verse 10 and uh, through the rest of the chapter. And then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go. Flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is a king's chapel, and it is a king's court. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit, and the Lord took me. As I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest prophesy not against Israel and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, thy wife shall be a harlot in the city and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword and thy land shall be divided by line and thou shalt die in a polluted land and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. That's pretty tough. Here they continue to tell them that they didn't want to hear that. I, I, isn't it amazing? I, I well, it, it, it's not amazing anymore. But you know the 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 outcry of President Trump walking out of the White House and walking across the street to the to the Episcopal Church that was across the street and 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 uh, gave a I don't know if anybody listened to that speech, but that was a powerful speech. And and he held up a Bible. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I haven't listened to much, but I listened to that one. And I figured if the president's holding up a Bible, I want to hear what he had to say about it, you know. And, and so I listened to it, and I thought, how powerful was that? And, and then we find out that, uh, you know, and we can deal with this uh, another day. The, the, the pastor of that church, she was all upset. And so she was all upset about how the president would use their church as this place uh, that 
uh, you know, he was propping himself up and, and people uh, all so upset about him raising up the Bible. Don't think that this is not a spiritual battle going on in our country. And here we have people like, like that woman that in pastoring a dead church. You know, if President Trump would have just kept walking and went south and went into Alexandria, Virginia, and caught up with Pastor Bishop, who's at Liberty Baptist Church, I believe, in Alexandria, uh, Virginia, they would have given him a fine welcome. And they'd have even handed him a nice King James Version Bible and said, here, why don't you hold this one up, you know? And, and why don't you preach to us while you're standing there? And, and let's tell everybody that they need to be saved. And, and I, you know, I'd, I would love to see that, you know. I'd love to see the president and instead of going to these dead, stinking churches that are all they are is religious and they're dead and they're dry bones and they're absolutely nothing. Why don't he go into a real church and then and see what God truly can do with him? But anyway, you know, here we go, getting off on all this stuff. But, you know, you see the false prophets of today and, and, and you see the, the, the timidity of them and, and hear that chewing out Amos because he's preaching the hard truth and, and they're all upset and, hey, you're going to mess up a good thing that we have here. Amos said, you can say what you want. I'm going to tell you what God said because you're all going to die. And I remember there's also a place where one of those prophets was talking to Hananiah. And he looked at Hananiah, and I think it was Jeremiah. And he said, you are going to die. And he died that year. And so don't mess with preaching and telling people the truth of of God's word. And and we see this country that, that was doing exactly that and I know I need to hurry, but Ezekiel chapter 21, look at this. Look at Ezekiel 21, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face toward Jerusalem, and drop thy word toward the holy places, and prophesy against the land of Israel. And say to the land of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, and will draw forth my sword out of his sheath, and will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked." Seeing then that I will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh from the south to the north, that all flesh may know that I, the Lord, have drawn forth my sword out of his sheath. It shall not return any more. Sigh, therefore, thou sons of man, with the breaking of thy loins, and with bitterness sigh before their eyes. And it shall be when they say unto thee, Wherefore uh, sightest thou that thou shalt answer for the tidings? Because it cometh, and every heart shall melt, and all hands shall be feeble, every spirit shall faint, and all knees shall be weak as water. Behold, it cometh and shall be brought to pass, saith the Lord God. I, we just don't need to be messing around with God, and, and we as believers need to be uh, truly being obedient to what God tells us to do and what His Word says, and quit arguing with Him and just do what it is that He tells us that we ought to do. I mean, you, you go into Isaiah chapter 8, and or chapter uh or Jeremiah 26 and verse 8, and now it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak unto all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him, saying, Thou shalt surely die. This is the one. I, I knew I had it in here. And then Jeremiah goes on, 
And, and then he goes on and he says in verse 14, As for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me as seemeth good and meet unto you. They were going to kill him because he was telling them the truth. They needed to get right. He said, fine, you do whatever you think is good and meet to do unto me. But know ye for certain that if you put me to death, ye shall surely bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon the city upon the inhabitants thereof for of a truth the lord has sent me unto you to speak all these words in your ears and then go on over to uh, chapter 28 and and here he says that uh and this is the one where hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the jeremiah's neck and break it and then we see that hey there's going to come an iron uh, yoke upon your head and and then it says in verse 17 so hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month and then i look at all of this and and you know what I see today, too? I, I see that, that there are a lot of people in our society, and there are a lot of those that say that they're born-again believers and that they are, are following Christ, but they see absolutely no importance in a local church. And so they want to be a maverick, and they want to do their own thing, and they want to walk their own way, and they, they think they can get enough out of their devotions and that they can do this on their own and that they're okay and that you know, if you go, if you come and go once in a while, it's okay, and, and, but there don't need to be any commitment, and, and it's all about just getting your worship on, and, and your relationship is really good on your own, and you know it tells us, and, and I don't have time for this, go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2, and in both of those chapters, it tells us that God confounds the world with preaching, preaching, still today. That's why we have these jack wagons that want to dialogue and they, and they just want to act like a rock star or something because they're worldly and they're carnal and, they're, and, they're, and their whole congregation is worldly and carnal and they have to keep them all happy for them to keep a paycheck. And God doesn't say that at all. He says that he confounds, and something else, he confounds the world with the simple. I'm simple, see? You guys are a lot smarter than me. He chose me to do this. Because I'm simple. And, and he does that to say that, yeah, it's got to be God doing that. I'm good with that. I'm real good with that. But he tells us that he changes the world with preaching. I'm sorry, you just don't hear that at home. And, and quit watching all the, and yeah, some of them are good, but be careful. Man, the first thing that scares the tar out of me is when somebody calls me up and says, Pastor, I was watching so-and-so on TV. Do you know him? No. And then it really scares me when they say, Hey, Pastor, I was watching so-and-so. Have you ever heard of her? That really terrifies me. And so I just, you know, I guess I'm just in a proddy mood tonight. And I better quit. But all of this, all of the, all of the prophets... You start, with, you start with Jeremiah, and you go all the way to the end of the Old Testament, and those prophets, they just spoke the truth. They spoke exactly what God told them to speak, and told them, if you will do these things, God will spare you, and God will bless you. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. If our country will turn back to God, we will be blessed. If we as believers will truly be serious and sincere about serving God the way that we ought to and, and quit treating Him like some, 
I, I, don't, I don't know, some long-lost uncle that you have to go visit every once in a while just to stay in the will and treat him like the God of the universe that he is, the Lord of your life, your Father, the one who created you and the one who wants to use you. And I know I'm preaching to the choir sitting here, but we all need to hear it because every one of us can get off into left field really quick. And we just don't need that. Let's continue to serve him and just walk with him with such a close walk. It, it was something Oswald Chambers said this morning that, that's resonated with me. And I don't know exactly how to do this yet. But he said, you just walk with him to the point where, where really you're just not going along asking him for everything. But you're, you actually, you're just walking with him. And he guides you. And your whole life is just full of him to where you're just doing what he wants you to do. And, and, and even in your prayers, you're, you're just praying in his will for whatever it may be. And, and, and you're just, it's just a beautiful, wonderful walk that he gives to you. I want to get there. And, and, and no question on, on obedience. You know, if I'm walking and all of a sudden God's like, whoa. You're like, okay, we, where do you want me to go, you know? What is it, what, what, what did I do, you know? What, what's leading me this way? I need to get out of my life so that my walk is pure with you. And, and that's where we want to get. And we just want to keep after that. And we want to see God's blessings because God, God is, what God's doing something in this world and God is sure doing something in our church family. And we can see how God is doing some great, wonderful things. And, and yes, there's some heavy things been going on. And, and there's some real challenges among our family. And, 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 but in that, it's given us the opportunity to, to show Christ's love. And, to uh, you know, that was part of that conversation. Sam was telling me about today that, you know, this gentleman is just, hey, I can see how that church family loves the Crosscobs. Praise the Lord for that. We need to love each other and... And, and that comes by just following God and, and being obedient to him. Let's just keep doing it. Let's see God's blessings on our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Micah. Thank you for these men that knowing that they, they were probably going to lose their lives, but they still just stood up and spoke the truth. Help us to do so. Help us to do it lovingly, but let us be bold. Let us not diminish the word, but let it just be what it is. And as Charles Spurgeon said, the word of God is just like a lion. We don't need to defend it. We just need to turn it loose, and it'll do the work. And I pray that you'll take your word and the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll use it in our lives to cut the things out of our lives that need to be cut out, that you will replace it with those things that are pure and righteous, and the Father, you will use us. Bless this group that's here. Bless our church family. Bless those that are watching and those that couldn't be here. I pray you use each one of us to be powerful for you. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen.